Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be joined by director Sophia Banks to talk all about her feature film, Black Sight. And the first thing I was actually really fascinated about in terms of the way that you worked with the script and started to develop the visual language of this film is the fact that a black site obviously is a space within the CIA that technically doesn't exist. And so yeah. I was really interested in if that was a helpful thing in terms of giving you a lot of freedom in terms of creatively how you concocted this space or if it was a real challenge in terms of trying to find out what the specific details would be research-wise and it being a much more challenging space to research. Yeah, so it was all of those, all of those things. So um, in terms of getting, like, because we know when you're making a film, you the more details you can bring in that are real, the more you can ground it in reality. So really there was not much information. We got to talk to a few ex-CIA people and you know watch various other documentaries and stuff so we got some reality jason had been in zero dark 30 you know obviously that um incorporates black sites but that also where that um limited us it gave us freedom as well where then i could go well how would i like a black site to look and maybe this is you know um it's Five Eyes. So uh, Five Eyes is an alliance between MI6, CIA, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada. So it sort of was like, wow, this is a high, you know, higher tech new facility. So it gave it a place to imagine, which film always does and create something, um, which is what I wanted to do that, that sort of had shadows and had a little noir feeling. So, so it, it both limited it and added to the creative. And obviously tonally with the film, a lot of it is about building this idea of suspense and tension for the audience. And at the same time, you don't want to have it at the high octane level throughout. The audience needs to be able to take a breath at certain yeah. moments. Um, and so how did you navigate that side of the journey of, of turning it into a film, directing it, and really figuring out where you wanted to try and create that suspense with different tools and where you wanted to kind of allow those little breathing moments in between? Um, well, I think that's, you know, it's a really, that's one of the kind of greatest learning experiences I had on this movie is what is the balance between making sure the audience invests in the character, you have the setup there, how much is too much setup and get into that. So uh, what I chose to do was take time to, to introduce the characters. And as probably as you notice, once it starts, it kind of just rolls through. Um, there's sort of a rhythm, I feel like, with action where you kind of feel like, okay, here's a fight sequence. And then you kind of feel like, you know, whatever time it is, you can feel that you need that downtime. And then basically, again, you know, basically you can sort of get to the next action sequence. So, so once it rolls, as you noticed, it pretty much doesn't stop. Um, I also want to talk about working with Jason Clark because he's playing Hatchet, who's the antagonist to the entire story. And, and it sounds like the two of you worked very closely and going over a lot of details and, and really creating that vision of, of what you wanted that character to be on screen, both for the other characters, but also for the audience experience. And so I was interested in how the two of you really worked together collaboratively to shape that character. Yes. Yeah, so I, I would say, you know, as I said, despite being one of the first movies out of the pandemic and all the restrictions, the greatest experience was working with all the actors and, and not only Jason, Michelle, Jai, everybody, I, they really rallied behind me as a female director. Um, Jason was the first person to come on board. 
And he was like, go surf, like just totally supportive. And we did fight training. I mean, the, the guys were like, and girls were walking out with bruises and, and everything. But we, with each of the characters, that was like an important thing. I knew when we started filming, we wouldn't have time. So I, I sat with them and we worked on the script. We worked on the ending. We worked on the fight sequences and they really kind of added their create into it. And I think that was like the most beautiful thing to come out of this movie. And I know all, all of um, the amazing talent feels like that too. Like it was a great experience. I love that. And off the back of that, you know, especially with what you were talking about, about those conversations before filming to make sure you had that time and what you were mentioning earlier about wanting to have those character introductions. That's obviously really crucial for Michelle Moynihan's character, Abby, because she's our central connection into the story and the person that we're going on this journey with. Um, And so what did a lot of that conversation look like between the two of you in figuring out the different aspects that you wanted to make sure that the audience connected to and saw in side of her as a character before we get to the action point yeah so I'd say Michelle and I I think she was almost there every day so we like it was definitely a creative partnership like we rehearsed on the weekends we talked about the character arc we went through everything every morning we were like great what's happening today as as I said you know with lockdowns and timing challenges and all sorts of stuff so we really banded together and and talked about that arc and how to, you know, one of the things I love about uh, Alien and Aliens and uh, and Terminator Two is that the the women are women, like they're tough and strong, but also vulnerable. And so, what was important to me was just she felt real. That was that was the way. And so why she's mourning she you know um is going through this stuff we all you know a mother's kind of revenge all of those things but it 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 isn't just like okay I'm badass and I'm gonna kick you know like everyone's butt so that that's important for me in terms of what I want to create on my entire kind of journey is I love action but I love real characters and I love that you're bringing up that dichotomy of of the strength and the vulnerability as well because we do get to see emotions, you know, when she sees one of her colleagues pass away in front of her, you're allowed to take that beat and have the emotional response that she has. And then someone reminds, like, then she has that, we've got to get back to work. We've got something to do right now, push it back underneath as much as you can. Um, And those moments are really great in capturing what you were talking about. Was that very much about finding it through her performance when you were filming those scenes, or did some of that also come from the finessing in terms of editing? Um, honestly, I have to say, you know, what was the amazing thing about editing was I, I really feel like we had the performances on set. We didn't have to find them in the edit. We had spent time with Michelle. Just she's a, I'm a, you know, very kind of type A planner. And so is she. So we were like tabs and that sort of stuff. Now we would find stuff on set, you know, of like, oh, it's not, I'm not feeling that that doesn't work. And we allowed that time. But, but there was a really, you know, I showed her, there's a a moment in Alien at the end when Sigourney gets into the little shoot she's about to shoot out. And, um, and she, for a minute kind of feels like almost cries because all her friends are, a dead and then has a moment and then she outsmarts the alien and you know gets there and gets him out in the shoot and I was like this is this is women like we're we're smart she's not going to take on the alien in brute force but it's it's smarting and feeling the emotion and kind of fighting 
through it. So we just talked about um, that and sort of went through like when are the moments that it hits her of her loss that her friends are dying, that there's reality because you're, I mean, if you really there and people are dying, you have moments of like just adrenaline and survival and moments of like, what the, what the hell, you know? So, so we, we kind of talk through those and then we'd feel where they, you know, you want to go on set and go, doesn't feel right and try it. But um, she was really brilliant and, and brought a lot of that to the set. And I also appreciate that it's not one of those films where we're watching someone go through all this stunt work, go through these action sequences and moments, and yet they still come out looking pristine at the end that you allowed, you know, her character to be a little sweaty, to be a little muddy, to kind of take a shirt off because it's too hot, there's no air, and the white shirt underneath like gets really muddied up. Um, Was that very much about collaborating with your costume department and finding those small details that reflected the journey of the character, but also would kind of speak to the character as well? Yeah, I mean, I went into like, I would say, and even, you know, I've done some earlier shorts and stuff where it's science fiction. And again, I'm, I'm like, all about grounded. And I want to, I love those 90s movies, you know, where the fight sequences are messy. And like, it's, you know, they didn't have all the stunt coordinators, but like, and people are getting injured, it's real. And what, and what we don't realize is if we take those out, we take the audience out of the movie because there's no stakes. And if you feel like you're watching a video game and the guy comes in with like a, or girl comes in with a machine gun and kills like 16 people, and they don't get anything on them. It just, it, 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 that's what takes you out of the movie. So I came in and obviously worked with all the departments and stunt departments, but I was like, Jason needs to be like, these guys need to be injured. Michelle, like we very carefully tracked, like, okay, like she needs to be dirty. She needs to be sweaty. She needs, she went through hell. She needs to come out looking like a woman who's like basically barely survived, you know? You know, and and I love that you're touching on the stunt work as well, because that was one of the things that really struck me in watching the film is exactly as you said, it's not about making the action choices because they're going to make the most cinematic, you know, big impact, but it's about making the very realistic choices. And so what what did that look like working with your stunt team, working with the cast, particularly in pre-production when they're going through a lot of that training and choreographing a lot of the scenes out and really making sure that it always landed in that very grounded space? Yeah. So I've, um, I love action. I love action. Like Jackie Chan, like the old, you know, it's called weapons of opportunity where you use things to fight. So it's very passionate about that. And I'm also very passionate about if a woman is in a room and three guys come in, she's not going to square up to them and like use Kung Fu. She's going to grab, you know, this, this bottle, she's going to grab whatever and smart, you know, like it's, it's a, it's a tactical thing. So I went in knowing that I also knew um, I'm being fortunate enough to shadow some great action directors who really taught me that action is good when it is motivated by character. So it can't just be like, cool, we need a fight sequence. Now let's bring six guys in. And it really has to, you have to learn something about the character in terms of the style. So, so I sort of went in with that, um, as well. And the third thing is I knew because we had no money that, you know, some fight sequences cost as much as our whole movie that, um, I, that it needed to, to, to be dirty and gritty and real. So I embraced all those things. I worked with Kier Bet, who's an amazing stunt guy. 
And um, I was just like, great. Um, and we, we got into the ground that I talked about, like, this is Jai, Jai's like, this is his fighting style. This is Jason's, you know, we, we needed um, to make Jason terrifying, which is why we have that scene. That's <laughs> the brutal scene because I was like, all right. And, and I came in with some inspiration from that, from a Korean movie. So I loved, I love action in this movie even defined to me more how much I love directing action sequences. And essentially it's like kind of doing a dance because it needs to tell you about the person. You know, and you're mentioning there how fast of a shoot it was. And, and I think it was about 26 days that you had to film the entire thing, which when you look at the scope of the film and what you're doing in terms of those action sequences, the number of different spaces within the location that we're going into corners of, that's a really, really impressive feat in what, you, what you've managed to capture on screen. Um, but what, and what were some of the other ways in which you had to really consolidate or be very creative in terms of how you were approaching specific scenes or details for the film in order order to kind of get that maximum effect, but still be able to do everything quickly and tightly in the way that you needed to. Yeah. So I will definitely say ignorance is bliss. I think I didn't know what I was, I mean, it was 30 days when I started and then they had to cut, you know, um, due to COVID and, and financing and stuff. So had I not shot enough commercials, there's no way I would have made it through. Um, and I, I will never, I, you know, I was like, oh my God. I mean, I, I would come home and like fall on the bed and just not be able to walk at all. So um, one of the kind of greatest things in terms of getting through is my AD, Rob Brown said to me, cause I was like, how are we going to do this? And he's like, look, the biggest time wasted is like discussing with actors on set, like background and all this sort of stuff. So I made like an orientation kit, which was like a hundred pages of like, what is a black site? Here's the different fighting styles. Here's your character. This is how your character knows this. Uh, maps of all the rooms and gave it to all the actors first um, so that we could basically, like they knew everything. So you didn't waste time with like that sort of questions. And then I really just made sure a large amount of my time, I mean, we had five days to rehearse. So like, because people were coming in and quarantining for two weeks. Right. So we had Michelle five days before it wasn't like a lot of time, but I just, I would like shoot and then make sure I took time in the evening and everything, get with the actors, come early, get with them before set. So I could maximize that shooting time. I mean, in terms of, I think we were so lucky because we had time for two or three takes, you know what I mean? Per setup. It wasn't that we would have like six hours to a day to shoot an action sequence, which if you know, is, is certainly impossible. I think, I think we, we lost two days for the end of the movie. So it was, I mean, we just did it and everybody was on board with the mission of doing it. But I mean, it's definitely, um, it was definitely tough and it was like a group effort. And um, I think that, you know, many things. I'm just, I'm, that's why I'm so thrilled with how the movie came together. Cause I'm like, great. When I, when I can have 60 days and $30 million, then, uh, then it'll be, I'll have different problems, but it'll be a bit better. 
And, you know, I mean, with that in mind, I love that you come from such an extensive background of, of commercials and, and short films, because that also, as well as being able to hit the ground running and, and do things very quickly, gives you a certain skill set in terms of how to tell story and to tell story very effectively and to introduce characters to the audience and connect them very quickly, because you've got to be so succinct in the way that you bring an audience in and tell an entire story in, in a short or in a commercial. Yeah. And that's very similar to individual scenes in a feature as well. And so story-wise, how did that experience really help you and influence the way that you wanted to navigate through certain scenes? Yeah, I think it it, it definitely helped me. Uh, I definitely learned a lot in this movie, I will say, because I will say no matter how many shots you do, a feature is a whole beast in itself. What helped me a lot was, I think, knowing the film language of like, okay, close up, like knowing how to cover a scene um, and knowing how to use the camera and the lighting to tell a story. Um, I think the greatest experience, you know, I mean, I got so many, I, I literally learned like 15 years worth of thing, I think because of, because of all the experiences during this time. But I think that was the learning experience was telling a story. And I, I prepared as much as I could. I knew the scenes, we had to rewrite stuff you shoot it and then you go into the edit. And I feel like uh, that's also like a great learning experience. And that's kind of the journey of being a first time director. I mean, I definitely, there's so many things that I saw or did on this film that I would, you know, not do on the next, like there's so many learning experiences to have. And I feel like you just have to embrace that and go great. That's why I'm like so proud of this as my first film but at the same time I'm like I've now understand and I think going into the next one it's just so much easier it's so much easier now I'm reading scripts to go oh okay well I don't have this I need this I need that I mean you're sort of I was like flying blind our big our producers couldn't come down it's COVID do you know what I mean there's lockdowns I really was like wow and and fight sequences I at one point was like okay I really I jumped off the cliff like let's go (laughs) And I mean, you also, you know, you were, you were talking there about knowing how to really cover a scene in terms of where you're putting the camera, but the way that you've told this story, you're not relying on just getting the coverage. You're still thinking about what's an interesting angle to come in at, what's an interesting perspective, you know, all of a sudden we're, we're seeing coverage of characters and then the camera's kind of further up at a slight off tilted angle, looking down at them. So we get an entirely different perspective that gives us a different feeling in that scene. Um, And what, what did shot listing a lot of those moments look like for you in finding those moments where a you story-wise wanted to kind of bring us in through a different angle, but also timing wise where you could make that work when you were filming. So I think uh, the learning experience was, so I love shot. I, I, I shot list and I loved, and I'd done like, I love this Fritz Lang film M and it was going to be shadows. And I had like all the long shot list. I think the learning experience for me on this it was, you know, I mean, it was shot faster than, than I think some television was. I kind of got to pick like one of the shots I needed for the day or two, you know what I mean? And I was like, all right, all of that's out of the window. How can I cover this entire scene? And, and there's a lot of people, you know, in a lot of scenes. So sometimes I'm like, oh my God, we have like one day, we have 12 people, we have two cameras. Okay. So sometimes it was like, you know, I mean, just like, all right, and what do I need to tell a story? But a mix of, of both of those um, as well. But there was, because I'd put in so much planning and thought to 
especially certain Dutch angles and things and the way I shot hatchet and things I needed that stabbing scene um, with the locking of the door and stuff. I got to do some of my like love for Hitchcock in terms of hiding suspense and stuff. So you see bits which where I got to, I was like, nope, I'm taking the three hours to shoot this. I don't care. And times when you're just like, all right, you kind of have to go with it. When you were making those choices and having to to narrow down on the day, was a lot of that decision-making also about what you were talking about earlier about telling action driven through character, because, you know, going back to talking about Michelle's character, Abby, it feels like she's the person who's, whose perspective we're visually seeing on screen and we're learning a lot of things as she learns them in the story as well. Yeah. And I think what, what is really great is you have these great actors. So you, I have in my mind, my shot list, but I'm like, show me. So you see the rehearsal and then maybe someone, you know, goes over here instead of there, but you're like, that's so great. So, so that was my first thing we get on set. I'd see the rehearsal because, you know, you want to plan everything. But again, the great thing about filmmaking is you have great talent. You want to see what they're doing and, and bring to it. And we, we never got to block a rehearse scenes because sets weren't ready before. Right. So it's just jump in. Um, so I'd see that and then think about what I have and then what I want the scene to say and the actors and how I want the audience to feel. Do I want them to feel sad for Michelle? Do I want them to feel afraid for her? And then using the camera language to, to try and um, tell that, you know, so for example, you'll notice the camera's always quite down on Jason. Cause again, you know, we want, we want him to seem big and scary and ominous and, and, and those sort of choices. So, so I tried to, as I'm a very good planner is to, to go there and let go knowing I have that map. And then it would, I'd say like 50% of it would get through and then put some of it you'd abandon. And I had a great DP. I had Don McAlpine, who's, you know, shot Romeo and Juliet um, and uh, Moulin Rouge. So I always would say to him, and he's like 85, you know, I'd be like, how do you think we should shoot it? Because I'm like standing there with someone who has so much experience and, and I, I want to be respectful and also learn from that too. So, so that would be a conversation. And then together we'd make a plan. Yeah. And one of the other aspects within storytelling within genre like this as well is the sound design. You know, you've got the music composition, but there's there's moments where it feels like you're really pulling us in to focus on certain sounds and nuances in that regard. And what did the sound design process look like for this film with that? Okay, so I love sound and I love uh, score and everything. So I had David White, this amazing sound guy who worked on Mad Max and who's like kind of a legend in Australia who lives in a house outside Sydney in the middle of nowhere and like collects all these different sounds. So we spent a lot of time. Some of it obviously wasn't, you know, in person because of Zoom, but hundreds and hundreds of hours going through. And, and also I was like, you know what, you're one of the greatest sound guys teach me, like, tell me, like, I want to know everything from you. I want to know this and that. So he really enjoyed that. And we had a great time and, and we use sound to, to frighten, to add background, to enhance sets, to do all this sort of stuff. It's really, it's really incredible um, what one can do with sound. So, so it was, I think a very detailed um, process and there's a lot of like great sound design and all sorts of fun stuff in there. And when you look at the editing as well, that's 
so clearly very specific in terms of the way that it builds the pacing. And even going back to what you were talking about before with each scene and thinking about what you want the audience to be feeling in that particular moment. Um, did you kind of go in with a really clear idea of how you wanted to edit together and pace out certain scenes or were there any that had a little bit more finessing to find that? I mean, I definitely had, which I was like, told my director friends, I was like, why did no one tell me about the rough cut experience? It's real. It's <laughs> it's yeah, I was like, oh, this is, and uh, and it's, it's funny because, you know, I have all my different friends, but I have a group of, of, of male director friends. And then we have a little group of female director friends we call the Rat Pack. So um, we like to, to, so I think that was a really real experience. That's what I was saying. I do think, um, it's an incredibly humbling experience where you're like, okay. And then it's a learning experience because it really, you know, I've been told this and, and this is my experience was the movie's written three times, like in the, in the script shooting. And then again, in the edit, and then it became, uh, you know, it, it became fun because we were like, let's just play with things and see what works. And, and do that sort of stuff. But it was an incredibly, it was not just laid out how it was laid out. And there was, there was discovery in terms of storytelling and all sorts of things. So in no way was that, it was a, it was a journey. Um, so, uh, but it, it, I learned so much on that journey. I was very grateful as tough as it was sometimes, um, to go and I got to work with a few different editors and and have people view it and give notes and stuff. So I think I think it's an incredible editors are amazing. I mean, I think it's an amazing achievement when you step back and look at everything that you've managed to build in terms of the way that you've told this story on screen, especially with all those limitations and, and this being your first feature. And so can't wait to see what it is that you put together as your second feature. Thank you so much for sharing all of this, Sophia. I really oh, appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. And thanks so much for watching the movie. <laughs>